0: When David was 16, he got a summer job working on a farm, but it ended up being a lot different than David expected. Dear dad and mom, I am sore and tired and I hate this job and where I am. (laughs) We worked from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday and from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Tuesday because the hay was too wet to bale. I hope it rains all summer. I don't know how long I'll last. Probably I won't ever wake up tomorrow. (laughs) Even with dad's insults, I wish I was home. (laughs) Thank you. That's David reading a letter to his parents. I'm Dan Meisner, and this? This is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. How are you doing? It is very, very nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Toronto, we have a surprisingly steamy makeout session, a short story about the human reproductive system, and some important boundaries with TV star Dean Kane. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and it is worth celebrating. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. Can I ask, Toronto, do we have any fans of the television series Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman in the room? When Sarah was 13 years old, she wrote a fan letter to none other than Dean Cain, who played Superman in... Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. She's going to read that letter for us right now. Please welcome Sarah to our stage.
3: Dear Dean Kane, My name is Sarah, and I am 13 years old. This is just a letter to say how much I adore you. I recognize that you are not a beefcake. <laughs> that you are very intelligent, although you do have a great body. (laughs) When I'm older, I want to write and or act. I have taken acting lessons and was a member of my elementary school drama club until the teacher who led it left our school. My greatest wish is to have a small part in one episode of your show. I have written numerous scripts for episodes of Lois and Clark. (laughs) Maybe one day I'll get to use them. I'm enclosing a photo of myself. (sighs) And maybe whoever is reading this could pass it on to whoever does the casting. Of course, I wouldn't have to be paid. This would be my dream come true. I would get there myself if you could somehow get me a part. I am 14 in July, and about five foot one and almost 100 pounds. I could play any role you threw at me, except I have a problem with nudity. (laughs) I take karate and I'm a yellow belt, so I could probably do my own stunts if required. So anyway, I doubt Dean Kane is reading this, but if you are, I love you. Oh yeah, and if you're ever in the Toronto area, call me. 416-555-1111. I heard you like the Toronto Raptors. So if you're ever around here, call me and I'll take you to a game. Just as a little thanks for all you do for me, but you don't even know. You are my inspiration. When things are going bad, I just go up to my room and I look at my posters of you smiling, and I start smiling too. <laughs> and if Dean Kane isn't reading this, please, whoever is, pass it on to him. I know he is busy, but it couldn't take more than three minutes to read it over. It would be great just to have some type of reply. Sincerely, Sarah.
0: Growing up is a series of firsts. That's part of why it can be so awkward. All kinds of experiences are brand new. Our next reader, Chandra, shared a few diary entries written from 13 to 16 that cover a number of her firsts. First kiss, first dance, and first boyfriend. Now, a quick heads up, Chandra uses a cuss word in her diary, which we do not bleep. There's your heads up. Here's Chandra.
1: June 25th, 1998. Yesterday was the last day of grade 8 and a graduation dance. I had a blast. Before, I've always waited for boys to ask me to dance, which never happened. But when my heart will go on from Titanic came on, I, I figured it's now or never and asked Travis to dance. He said yes. I don't like him, but I felt like dancing with him. It was weird at first because I've never done it before. The song seemed to take forever. I wanted it to end sooner. I can't count how many times we went around in circles. His hands were hot and seemed to burn into my back. I'm glad I was so brave. I didn't know I had the guts. It's kind of like the time I went to Canada's Wonderland for electives and went on drop zone twice within two hours. Now I have no regrets. November 6, 1999. Dear JJ, what's the name of my diary? What I'm worried about is that I've never had a boyfriend, never been kissed, or anything. I don't know why I'm not attractive to guys. Girls always tell me how gorgeous I am and stuff, but guys aren't exactly falling all over themselves for me. I don't understand. I'll probably go through all of high school without a boyfriend. I just don't know how to act around them. Enough of that. Melinda invited me to a party tonight. Mom and Dad had a discussion about me and parties. Mom said I could go. Well, Dad said no. Then they had a fight and came to the conclusion that I could go to parties when I'm 16 and face the consequences of drugs, alcohol, and sex. <laughs> In a way, I'm sort of happy and relieved. I can accept that. I wonder if I'll ever find a guy, someone who respects me. I guess I'll have to see. November tw- 21st, 2000, age 16. Dear JJ, Wow, a long time is gone. First, it looks like Jordan and I are hooking up, but nothing's happened yet. We first started talking at a party last September. I was scared. He got my phone number and called me, but I didn't like talking to him. I was scared shitless of him. I took a different route to class so I could avoid him. Then I decided to give him a chance, and then I started to like him. He's so cute, I just wanna hug him. I also like Todd, cause he smells so good. Yum, polo sport, my favorite. (laughs) He got kicked out of school for failing though. I absolutely love the song, Move Your Body by Eiffel 65. It reminds me of Jordan. I wanna make out with him so badly. I've decided that if we do end up going out, I'll eventually have sex with him, eventually. So, plan A, Jordan, plan B, Todd, plan C, Ryan. I really want Jordan to work out because I'm attracted to him. He's 18, has a car, is popular, likes to party and dance, and likes to get drunk and make out. (laughs) Todd and Ryan are so immature and not what I'm looking for. I wanted to work with Jordan because it's never worked out for me before. I want Jordan to be my first boyfriend, first kiss, first everything, maybe even sex. Please, God, this has to work out for me. I'm behind all my friends sexually. I've been waiting such a long time, almost 17 years. This will be my dream come true. Thank you, good night, and amen. (laughs) December 3rd, 2000. Oh my God, I'm on cloud nine right now. Ah, he kissed me. It was sort of dumb, as it was only half a second long. I was so nervous. I pulled away too fast. His lips were soft. When it ended, my lips made a slight smacking sound. How embarrassing. I feel so stupid. This happened eight minutes ago. I I had an orange earlier in the night, and he said that I reeked of it. Oh, well. Ah, he kissed me. It was so weird. 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 Boy, I still smell of orange. Signed off December 3rd, 2115 AM. February 1st, 2001. Dear JJ, Backstreet Boys in seven days! I went to Jordan's on Saturday to make out. Not as exciting this time. It was 11.30 and I was getting impatient, so I'm like, let's go, I'm being forward. I'm so blunt. We were on his bed for almost an hour. I felt him up more than he did. He wouldn't go past my lower back. While making out, I was running my fingers along his back, and I was so grossed out because he has a hairy lower back, which means he has a hairy butt. Gross. Disgusts me. He has a nice stomach, though. So, it was pitch black in his bedroom, and I was running my fingers along the inside of his boxers when I felt something squishy on top of his boxers. I thought, what is that? I didn't think it was his penis, as it was on top of the outside of his boxers. So I thought, what is that? Part of his pants? What if it is his penis? Why is it flat against his stomach? Am I hurting it? I told Melinda later, and she told me that it was. I said, are you sure it's supposed to be flat against his stomach? Apparently, it can be when it's tucked into the boxers or under a belt. I'm attracted to him, but I'm not really obsessed with him. I don't even really like him all that much. Anyway, good night. Thank you.
0: Chandra, ladies and gentlemen, good night and amen. Chandra wasn't the only reader at our Toronto show who shared teenage writing about sex. But our next reader, Anuj, took a much more clinical approach to the subject. You see, when Anuj was 15, he learned about sexual reproduction for biology class. And as an assignment, he wrote a short story, complete with illustrations. And he called
4: it Sammy Sperm's Big Adventure. <laughs> This is a story of Sammy sperm and his big adventure. It begins in the seminiferous tubule nursery. Sammy and his three brothers were created by a process called meiosis. Just like all the other sperm in the nursery, each sperm was unique from the rest. Sammy grew and grew. He even got his tail. When, s- when Sammy showed the nurse, she told him it was not a tail, it was a flagellum. He finally became a sperm cell. She told him it was time for him to start school in the epididymis. Sammy's exclaiming, I'm so excited for epididymis school. Sammy loved school. He learned to swim there and was the best in his class. One day, his teacher announced that all the sperm were to partake in a grand race. His teacher gave... His teacher gave him a map that guided him to a mysterious place. Every day, Sammy asked his teacher what the prize would be. And every day, his teacher would tell him the same thing, that he would find, have to find out on his own. Two weeks later, something odd started to happen. The gate to the town of the Epididymis started to open and all the sperm knew that the race was about to begin. All 300 million of the sperm were off. The first thing Sammy saw was a great freeway called the Vast Deference. As he traveled, he saw many interesting sights. Sammy was well ahead of the rest of the sperm, and Sammy's mitochondrion was grumbling. Sammy was hungry. As he passed the bladder, he spotted a seminiscal vesicle drive through up ahead. Sammy decided to stop for a small sack. Soon, the rest of the sperm caught up to him, and they were all packed by the prostate gland. They were all covered by, in some kind of protective coating. But it seemed to make Sammy stronger. Sammy swam on with the rest of the semen as they neared the urethra. Then, all of a sudden, Sammy realized he was in a new place. Everything looked different. And he assumed... This was the vagina? He had heard so much about it. He could see acid glaring at him as he passed, but he was a good swimmer, and he didn't let anything get in his way. He swam on and swam on, and in the corner of his eye, Sammy spotted the cervix. He speedily squeezed through it and found himself in the, u- in the uterus. He swam further and further and further and further until he reached the fallopian tubes. Now he had to choose which way to take. <laughs> he somehow knew that the prize wasn't the right fallopian tube. It must have been all the estrogen that was sweeping from it. Sammy swam like he never swam before and didn't give up. Just as Sammy turned the corner, he saw the most beautiful egg he had ever seen. Her name was Ellen and she was the most perfect Zona. He wanted so desperately to become a zygote with Ellen. So he swam full speed straight toward Ellen and burrowed his head into her. (laughs) Many sperm did the same, but Ellen decided to choose Sammy to join her. He thought they had chemistry. The two cells mixed up their chromosomes and became a whole new cell. Slowly but surely, they traveled down to the rich and nutritious lands of the endometrium where they decided to spend their honeymoon for nine months. (laughs) Months passed from a small zygote divided into many, many more cells until there were millions and millions of cells that made up a baby. Soon it was time for the baby to leave the same way the sperm had entered. Dot, 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 through the vagina. (laughs) The end.
0: Joining us on stage right now, Fatima is going to share some entries from the diary she kept when she was 12 years old and still new to North America. Please welcome to our stage, Fatima.
5: This is my private journal. Nobody's allowed to see it. A journal is like a diary, only different. I put... Only special occasions in it while you write every day in a diary. Please ask me before you enter, I may let you. (laughs) Fatima, the dream princess. (laughs) (laughs) April 11, 2001, Wednesday. Dear Journal, today Sandra came over to do math. We talked about school and laughed so much that we had a stomach ache. (laughs) She asked me to borrow my book, and I let her. I had a nice day. Afshahala, which means aunt, sent me and cousins some necklaces and bracelets from Pakistan. A vase, also my cousin, uh, wrote a note saying he liked his presents. It was nice to hear from them. On Friday, Popo, which also means aunt, will come to pick me up. This time my spring break is here. I hope I have fun. I am planning to bug Papa about a pizza or McDonald's. I really want that. I never realize everyday life can be so special. <laughs> so much fun. People in school think I'm a quiet person. <laughs> they have not heard me babble yet. Graduation plus IVA test is coming near. I can't wait to hear my score. I'll write again. Fatima, love of life. Again, April 11, 2001, Wednesday. Dear Journal, I forgot to tell you. Something really funny happened. Was it hysterical? Oh, yeah. You bet it was. It happened like this. On Wednesdays, we have gyms, so we were going to gym. When we got there, we found out we will be jumping over a rod. (laughs) After the whole class will jump, our teacher will put the rod a little bit higher. I was nervous I wouldn't be able to do it, but as I saw other people do it, I tried and did it. I did it after it was taken up three more times, but when they put it up one more time, I was nervous. It was pretty high. Melissa said, you can do it. I know you can. So we decided to do it. I looked at the rod from far away as I chanted, I can do it in my head. (laughs) Then I ran toward it, not thinking about falling. And as I reached the rod, I stopped with a halt, put my hands on my face, and said, I can't do it. (laughs) Fatima, dare to live. (laughs) April 15, 2001, Sunday, Dear Journal. Yesterday, we went to a baby shower. Was it boring? Oh yeah, extremely. (laughs) First, I got into a fight with Mariam and then Shirin, and now we are cleaning Mariam and Cheering's room. Boring? You bet. We are maybe gonna go to Washington Park in an hour, because this was in Chicago maybe with a capital M-A-Y-B-E, then maybe this boring day will then turn less boring, maybe with a capital M-A-Y-B-E, and maybe we will have fun, maybe with a capital M-A-Y-B-E. And Popo said that maybe she will take me to the library, maybe with a capital M-A-Y-B-E. But if we do go, I am definitely, positively sure we're not gonna get bored. No way, library is not boring. Forget it, I don't want to hear boring one more time. But for now, it is boring, <laughs> since we are cleaning up. So boring that I will fall asleep. And Mariam just said she's getting bored. See, the whole world is bored. <laughs> Fatima, kingdom of boredom. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Fatima, the dream princess, ladies and gentlemen. Dramatic teen poetry is always popular at grown up read things they wrote as kids. When Blaze was in grade nine, he wrote a dramatic teen poem entitled, I Am... Now, what you need to know about this poem is that after Blaze wrote it, he submitted it to his class yearbook for publication. Now, the good news is that they published it, but the bad news is they did not credit Blaze at all. We're going to hear some pretty egregious copyright infringement (laughs) read directly from the original yearbook. Please welcome Blaze to our stage.
2: I am. (laughs) I am different, but the same. (laughs) I'm human, but much more than just that. I'm like a bird. (laughs) Not above everybody else, but among the rest of my kind. I'm like waves roaming back and forth among the earth. I'm like a fire going where I will and moving freely without restraint. I'm like a great wind blowing over surfaces and changing what I will. I'm like an uncontrollable twister destroying what I want. I'm like a cloud and the rain is my rage. And when it builds up to a point of uncontrolled fury, I release my rain. I'm like a rainbow. Each color a different mood. I'm all colors, all moods, all brightness, untamed, I am human. Thank you.
0: just going to hazard a guess and say that Blaze did a unit that year on similes and metaphors. (laughs) When Rachel was in grade eight, she kept a diary, and at her Toronto show, she shared a few excerpts. Please welcome Rachel back to our stage. A quick heads up, Rachel's diary includes some cuss words, which we do not leave.
6: October 30th, 2000. Shit, a rash that looks like a sunburn? It's happening, and I won't have a long enough life to blossom into the beautiful swan. <laughs> I'm talking... Okay. <laughs> um, I can't tell, Mom. We don't have a doctor. I think I have TSS. That's uh, toxic shock syndrome, in case you don't know. (laughs) And if I do, I'm going to (laughs) die. I'll never get to bungee jump. I'll never get to get married or have kids. I'll never get to be an author or make a difference. I won't be remembered. I did nothing of importance during my short life, and I'm too young. Why me? Well, the rash isn't visible because I stopped scratching, (laughs) but I'd better make a will. (laughs) I'm still itchy on my legs. Bye, till love do us part. (laughs) December 31st at 4.05 a.m. Hello, might. I was talking to some guy that I met in a chat room named Luke on MSN Messenger Service, and he asked me my bra size, and he said, any girl who doesn't answer isn't cool. And I said, that wasn't true. (laughs) And (laughs) And he said it would make them prude. So anyway, I was commenting that the only thing boobs are good for is milking babies, and otherwise they're a nuisance. (laughs) And he said they're fun to play with and attractive. (laughs) I'm just going to say, how would he know if he's never played with them? Anyway, ew. (laughs) So I said, not if you're a girl, and he said, if you're a lesbian. Anyway, I like them. Then he said, I'm sure I'll like yours. Then I just said, Bye, kiss emoticon. <laughs> like, geez, I'm sure I'll like yours. Geez. Anyway, yeah, I'm addicted to chatting. <laughs> I always want to chat all the time, and whenever I'm not, I just think over conversations I've had and conversations I might have. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Our show was recorded live at the Transac in Toronto and produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our associate producer. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullitone. And our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. Now that you've heard Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids, why not watch too? You can see videos of every reader at our Toronto show on YouTube. Just search for Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. We also post videos to Facebook. Again, just search for Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.